we dive in history, the automotive history of the region, and for that we have a special guest tonight, Geert Vermeer, the chairman, I think I should say, of the Duff Museum. Good evening, Geert. Good evening. Design, lifestyle, technology and innovation. More on podcasts for Brainport. Yeah, it must have been very pleasant for you to see that after a long, long time, you could see humans, real people, into the museum. Yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, well, you know, the COVID-19 problem was also in the museum because we were closed in totally nine months. But, you know, it started uh, March 20, yeah, 2020. So it's uh, a long time ago, but it was a big, a big problem, yes. But we are open again, so we start again. I can imagine. And we see happy faces because people can also, uh, besides listening to us on the radio, watch us on Facebook. Stephen Arianto, my co-host, is watching Facebook. And if you have questions or if you have good memories of driving a Dove car yourself, then feel free to share that via Facebook uh, tonight because that is a topic that we have uh, to discuss tonight. Stephen, have you ever driven a Dove? I have not. I have not. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, all my life, I've the Dove, the only Dove that I've seen is are, are, are the Dove trucks, and I've never driven a truck in my life. <laughs> I did, because my parents used to have a Dove a long, long time ago. It, it was a kind of special car. Maybe here, let, let, let's go back a long time in history, uh, because... I would dare to say that Duff laid the foundation for a lot of activities in the Brainport region, in the field of automotive, and we know at this moment possibly the uh, uh, the Duff trucks, of course, the activities of VDL, but there is a lot coming, autonomous driving, we see the activities of NXP, so there are a lot of activities, but it all started with a small company in the center of Eindhoven. Can you That's take us back? Where? Can you take us back to that history? That was... Uh in 1928, so it's a long time ago, and the museum is located in on a historical place because that's the place where the Gebroeders, the Brothers Van Doorne, started in 1928 in a small workshop, and it was a brewery, that building. And the owner of the brewery had a car, and it was sometimes a problem with the car. And the only one who can fix it every time was Huub van Doorne. So the brewer owner said, look here, Huub, you've got talent. You can use my workshop and be started there. So after a few months, his brother was more involved in commercial and financial activities because Huub was a technical man. And they started together in April 28. We had started, uh, with, yeah, we, we started with with. Uh, machinery and things for Philips. Of course, Philips and Eindhoven and Duff yeah. and Eindhoven. Well, yeah, that was exactly the point that I wanted to make because two weeks ago we had Sergio Dex of the Philips yes. Museum and uh, he told the stories that it was almost an accident that uh, all the Philips activities landed in Eindhoven and not in Breda or in another city. And I wanted to ask you, so was it just an accident? that this Hoop van Doorne oh, yeah. lived in Eindhoven, but you now told us that there may have been a relation between uh, the higher uh, prosperity, uh, the somewhat richer population with the industry coming to the region, or was that not a relation that we could search for? Well, uh, maybe there, there is there is some, well, not a, a relation directly, but he started in Eindhoven because the brewery was in Eindhoven, and he said, you can use my workshop. So then the workshop was in Eindhoven. So he started there because he was at that time not living in Eindhoven. He was living a small place near Eindhoven, Dörner. So it's uh, it's uh, maybe a coincidence that he started in Eindhoven. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, he was only only for one year in the small workshop because the company was growing and growing. And after one year he started, he started with trailers. And that's also the name of Duff. It's coming from that name, trailer, because in Dutch, Van Doorners Anerwaagfabriek, Duff. So it's a Duff Van Doorners trailer company. In Dutch is Duff. And after that, after the war, after the, the, the Second World War, he started also with trucks, and that was cars, so automobiles. So Duff, the name Duff, 
can still go on because trailers and automobiles, the same name, it does. <laughs> so, okay. But uh, he started with trailers at that, uh, let's say, in the, in, the, in the early 30s of the last century. And was that a better business to be in the, let's say, professional cars, in the trailers rather than in the automobiles for the large population? Because that came yes, only yes. later. We are talking 1928, before the Second World War. Maybe the doctor had a car, the brewer yes. had a car, and, and that was it. Exactly. That's for, therefore, but let's say when you look to, to, to the, the, uh, the farmers, etc., used trailers with, with horses. Uh, later on with tractors, but trailers were at that time uh, a very good business, and this, and and at that time there was also from from Duff, uh, let's say, special innovation because the trailers weighed a lot less than the competitors, and it's very important when you pull a trailer that it's not too heavy. Mm-hmm. So it and also it was possible to make it uh, to build to order. So. They were just make what the customer wants, and they still do today. The Duff factory making trucks is still built to order, so they have no stock. It's all the only no. Well, at that time he started already with trailers built to order, and that was the, the let's say the difference between the competitors. But of course, it was a small market at that time, in regional activity, but it was growing and growing. Okay, and then the war started in 1940 and after the war there was a trailer with an engine and a trailer with an engine is a truck because the chassis and etc is the same more or less the same okay it needs suspension it needs an engine it needs it needs uh, let's say uh, the, the well uh, other things of course but the basic system was a trailer with an engine because making a, a, a cabin was not possible in the beginning because the chassis and the engine was going out of the factory to a other builder and they make the cabin. I can imagine that there is a big change to the style of the industry. Um, maybe I'm mistaken there, but I can imagine that the amount of innovation that goes into an engine or that goes into a transmission system, to take an example here, is an order of magnitude or, or much more sophisticated than, than just just making a trailer. Did, did the company change to become more in, innovative, do more research uh, rather than what it did in the, in the early days, in the days before the war? I can tell you that the first trailers with an engine, it was not the Duff engine. It was another engine. So they buy the engine, put it on the trailer and sell it as a Duff trailer. But it was after the World War, in the in the 50s, the beginning of the 50s, they started to build their own engines. They do it till, till today, they build their own engine. But mm-hmm. they started in it, let's say, the early 50s. And uh, that was uh, very, very uh, complicated because to build an engine and let's say a, a good engine and uh, well, that was not that easy, but they did it and they built the best because the engine they built today are in the cars in the United States, the Packard car. When you look in the United States, the big trucks, the Kenworths, the Peterbilts, they have today Duff engines because they are smaller and cleaner. <laughs> Duff has produced quite a lot of utility vehicles, also military vehicles. Yes. I think I heard you say that there was no way to, to break it, that the Duffs were always running. What was the secret there? Yes, yes, it, it was, uh, Huub van Doorn said always, for look here, uh, we must have the best quality. Quality costs money. But less quality costs more money. So, and that was all, all, always the philosophy of, uh, of Van Dorne. So maybe it's better to have less cars, so not big numbers, but less cars, but better quality than, met, let's say, a lot of volume, less quality. So, and uh, I can tell you that, that uh, for instance, the military cars are still, till today, are, well, <laughs> I think... The, the still driving cars uh, in the military, which are 45 years old. 
So that's really a proof that you can, <laughs> can try well, a lot, but you don't break Hallelujah the... Hallelujah for the Dutch yeah. Army, but it's still mm -hmm. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these kind of cars, indeed built to order. I uh, also heard you say they were making trailers. And if you make trailers, a trailer can do anything. They even produced a kind of bus, but in the form of a trailer to, uh, to transport the Philips personnel. In, yeah, in the 60s time, or so. That was in the in the 50s and 60s. That was because, well, you know, Duff uh, built uh, trailers, and they have built uh, 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 a trailer bus, as you said, and uh, that uh, they built it uh, well, a lot of lot of them, and uh, it was unique because the 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 the, 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 the truck before the trailer. What can they can use it? Uh, let's say uh, during the day with, for other things, and they have what, thousands of employees from the all kind of region until till Belgium and also from Turnhout, uh, Tilburg, uh, the, uh, Breda, uh, Eindhoven, and from Philips and uh, and Duff. A lot of employees were transported by the trailer bus uh, from Duff. Yes. So making high. We have one museum. <laughs> yes, and, and, and it is very special because it is not very common to have a trailer to transport uh, people, as far as I uh, know. And I can also imagine that there were not many samples of that available, that it must have been quite a bit of work to, uh, to get it in good shape again. I you... can tell you that we are very proud of that. Uh, it, was, it was terrible when we, uh, when we found it. And uh, the, our uh, volunteers of the DAF Museum, a team of volunteers, did four and a half year working on that. But can you imagine, there was nothing more available for this uh, trailer. So everything must was made by hand again. And it's now one of the icons of, uh, of Eindhoven and of the museum. And uh, it's, uh, it's really fantastic in four and a half year times. It's when you, it's when you, fantastic. Did I read correctly that you have 160 volunteers? We have more than 160 volunteers, that's correct, yes, because we're all doing it with volunteers, the complete museum. And, and can you imagine, we are a very busy museum because in the good years, so let's say 2019, we had more than 60,000 uh, visitors. So it's, it's 1,200, 1,500 per week. And uh, uh, we are very proud that we can do that with uh, only volunteers. But I can imagine that these volunteers do not only take people on a tour. You already mentioned that they are repairing these old cars. I can imagine that there are also a lot of hobbyists who love to drive a car, an old one, and to repair it themselves. And then every now and then also to come to the museum to really see how it should look like. It's, it, that, that, I, that's a large community. Uh, it is, it is. And, uh, but, but we are a company. We are, not, we are a museum, but we are a company. So we must, uh, let's say, also be very efficient. So we have volunteers, of course, technical people, but also for education, also for the administration, also for marketing, also for the restaurant. So uh, also for, uh, uh, well, cashiers and everything. So it's a complete company. And uh, uh, we are very uh, proud that we can do it with volunteers. But it must be, it's, it's uh, uh, well, of course, we have a lot of technical people because a lot of volunteers are coming from DAF. Mm. Well, and DAF is a technical uh, company. But we need also, uh, let's say, uh, to be a host uh, to uh, be uh, marketing people, administration people. So, because when you have more than 60,000 uh, visitors and you have business, uh, let's say, meetings, well, then uh, you must have very different kind of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I still like to, to, to know more about that community of people who like to, um, as we say in Dutch, knutselen aan oude auto's. And, and I guess there are also a lot of people who do that with old doves. You don't have the problem that there is a chip shortage in the modern cars. You can just rebuild things and, and, and put it uh, together. I can imagine that that is a lively community that you also like to connect to. Yes, yes, yes. yes. They are very close and uh, let's say they work with passion. It's because they are so involved. That's fantastic. And maybe you can imagine that when we must close last March 
next uh, last year, it was my biggest problem was one of the biggest problems was how can I communicate with my volunteers when we are nine months closed. It's very difficult to have the volunteers enthusiastic be involved, etc. So I started with a mailing to everybody because thanks 99% has a mail address. So I said it and it was named. How are you? And so I didn't know when I started in March last year that till today every week I sent a mailing with a lot of reactions and now I'm a number 78. So can you imagine? So I didn't know that that time. Thank God I didn't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So but it was one way to uh, have to stay in contact with our volunteers because can you imagine people are coming one or two days a week and uh, they are so involved and completely it was stopped. It was over. And uh, uh, so because they are not, let's say, employees in the way of uh, I'm not paying them. They have not a salary. So it's uh, just uh, uh, they yeah. are happy to come, but it's not necessary. So many people are passionate about the DAF automobiles, yeah. possibly because they worked. They worked in the factory. They worked in a research environment. They they have been driving in a DAF themselves. But it also has a, it is a special car, partly because of the uh, continuous transmission system. Making this program for internationals, I bet they are not aware of the possibility with a DAF to drive in reverse as fast as to drive forward. And uh, Stephen, I see you're laughing, but we had television programs in the Netherlands, speed races in reverse, seeing how fast you could, and that you could only win that in a DAF, and you could only do wow. that in a DAF, I think. <laughs> That's correct. What was, what was ever the reason why you would ever do that? Well, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. And, and you know, technical, it was possible to have the same speed and high speed backwards. But of course, as a human being, it's very difficult uh, oh, because you must look the other way. It's not that easy, but technically it was possible. But now we are talking about the passenger's cars mm -hmm. and not about trucks. The passenger's cars is a very special, let's say, story because they built passenger's cars from 58 till 75. So it's only a short period, but the cars were unique. It was a small passenger car in the late 50s. Can you imagine at that time? All the passengers car in that segment had, let's say, uh, a normal transmission and uh, were very small engine backwards at the, at the backside and not a lot of luggage space, etc. And uh, also with always with a, a hand transmission. And that was coming with a small car for, for four or five people with a lot of luggage place and automatic. And that was unique. And it was not an automatic transmission. It was an automatic system with rubber belts. It was a very genius system, very simple. Mm -hmm. But it was not so simple to invest in, in, in uh, to, to, uh, um, to, to make, but it was at that time a unique system. And it was the first small passengers cars in the world with an automatic transmission. Now we are getting more and more used to that, particularly with uh, electric cars. Yes. Um, but at that time, the Dutch population was not always enthusiastic about these ideas because right. it was really male and, and giving the impression of a strong car if you could uh, clutch the gears and uh, drive the car that way. There, there was an image problem for, for a while. There was an image problem, yes, because at that time it was not very, let's say, sporty to have an automatic car. It was for old men, or if I may say so at that time, for ladies, especially old ladies, old ladies. So it was not sporty to have a, a passenger's car with automatic transmission. Maybe it's, you it's not something that you would say now, but at these times there no. were really jokes uh, being made about Ooh, this yes. is a car for, for women. Eh? That's yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, it's uh, really the worst. Uh, <laughs> just uh, jokes about that. But at that time, well, I say 80% of the business cars, uh, Audi, Mercedes, etc., are automatic, especially the electric cars. They're all uh, always automatic. Mm -hmm. The hybrid cars, etc., are automatic. 
I must by myself was driving is driving a CVT car. Okay, but but the Variomatic, the Variomatic, that was the name of the automatic transmission from DAF at that time, was developed by Huub van Doorne after his well uh, age in the late 60-70 when he was 65-68. He did it behind his home in Deurde. He was developing this uh, variomatic to the CVT as it is now. That's fantastic. It's unique. So the let's say the the the, the system which I'm driving today, uh, the CVT, is it a, a more more efficient working variomatic at that time? It's not a it's not a rubber belt anymore, but it's an iron belt, and it's electronic electronic uh, steering. Yeah. Well, what happened to the invention? Because it did not stay only in Eindhoven. No, no, it is, uh, well, Van Doorne has started a factory for the variomatic or the CVT in Tilburg. It was called at that time uh, Van Doorne's Transmitic, VDT. And uh, now it's owned by Bosch. Uh, so it's uh, it's now, uh, uh, Bosch uh, took it over. Mm-hmm. Do, do I also remember correctly that Toyota was active in the automatic transmissions with relations to yes, that? Toyota is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 is involved. Yes, yes. And you know that well. I'm driving a Lexus. It has it has a CVT. So Lexus is Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a quote from uh, one of the students that I know who heard a story from Toyota saying that that one of their main assets was the automatic transmission of of uh, Toyota. I'm yeah. not sure whether that is true and whether that fully comes yeah. from Eindhoven. Toyota is also a company very well known for reliability, high quality standards, quality systems. Is there any relation between the Van Dorn's approach of making uh, reliable cars? Your statement uh, just a while ago that the cost of non-quality is much higher than the cost of quality. Uh, did that lead to the invention and the development of the continuous transmission? Well, I don't know exactly how Toyota was involved. I don't know exactly, but uh, as you say so, it 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 could be possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, now we have been talking about the image that the car had in 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 in, in the sixties in the general public, making jokes about that uh, real men have a clutch, and uh, it must have been. A, major surprise and uh, good news for you that the king was driving a duff on king's day when he came to eindhoven exactly in a duff from that period yes yes i was uh, myself involved in that uh, that uh, uh, situation because i uh, have given him the steering wheel at that time at that day <laughs> um, yes the duff kini well that's a special story the duff kini was uh, designed and built by Giovanni Michelotti, an Italian designer, in uh, 1966. And it was given by Duff on the birth of our king in 1967, on 27th of April 1967. So it was a present from Duff to our king, but of course he was a baby. But so his parents were driving with him in Italy at that time, because there was a summer house in Italy and he was driving there. The family was driving the Dafkini and it's also named Willem Alexander. The car is named Willem Alexander. And uh, well, it was a very nice uh, surprise on the last King's Day in Eindhoven. As I walked with the king outside and he saw the Dafkini, he said, ha, yes, there it is again. But it's a lot of lot smaller than I thought. <laughs> but the last time he saw it, he was a little boy, of course. Mm-hmm. But you... it was uh, fantastic for 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 Duff and for uh, our museum that the king was driving the Duff Kini. And I can tell you because we were looking. It was in the museum already eh, for many many years, and uh, we had put a new accu, a new battery in the car, and I took the. The, the, the key and jump started. 
one time. So fantastic. <laughs> yes, lucky, but it has only also uh, only five thousand kilometers. So it's brand new. <laughs> yeah, but but anyhow, also a lot of the, the, the other cars who had driven many, many kilometers still drive drive well uh, so it is something that the hobbyists love to uh, to, yes. to do um, now i can imagine that of course it has been good uh, news I, I i always like to ask the question so if you can make a choice now maybe Stephen, to you either drive the dovkini or the new lightyear car which is uh, one of the extreme uh, innovative things uh, fully driven by solar energy that it captures yes. uh, itself it, it must have been a hard choice the queen made the choice for light here the king made the choice for the car without the clutch the i really seat. like here's i really like here's answer it depends <laughs> where the queen is sitting but on a serious note you know i'm i'm a bit of an oldie uh i like the future but i'm very curious how how it feels like and how to drive a Duff Kini, so I would definitely choose for the Duff Kini. I think I can. I have some imagination of the Lightyear. Uh, I think I know how it works. It's it's also closer to my time, but I'm I'm very curious to 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 really know more about the Duff Kini. Yeah, and for the Lightyear, you just have to couple to 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 wait a couple of years, and then you may own or drive one yourself. For the Duff Kini, exactly. that is not the case because there's only one. Here, there's or only one. could we arrange to drive for Stephen? Well, 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 Lou, no, the Dafkin is not owned by the museum. I'm not the owner. It's uh, it's still, uh, the owner is still the king. But I can <laughs> imagine that you get a lot of these questions. But so, but we can we can contact him. And I say, I'm sure that he will say, of course, who is it, Stephen? Oh, yes, we will do that. No problem. Okay. But I can okay. imagine that a lot of people who, who are visiting the museum want yes. to touch the car, want to sit in it, maybe have a ride in it. Well, we have, I can tell you, Jean-Paul, we have since uh, the King's Day a lot of uh, uh, questions, phone calls, emails from people who said, can I see the Kini and even can I drive the Kini? Well, I said drive is not possible because, well, you know, it's in the museum and it's not owned by the museum. But we have an exhibition at this time till, let's say, half of July uh, with the Kini and uh, other cars who were involved in King's Day. And I can tell you, people are coming today because, you know, we are open again. People are coming and they can see the Kini, make photographs, make uh, films, etc., etc. So it's a very popular car at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And and you also mentioned it is designed by a famous Italian designer. It, it, it has a very interesting design, I would say, for a car. It, it, it is different from the doves that we see in the, in, in, in the street. We know from Philips that design was key. That's also what Sergio Dex told us and what uh, Louis Calve did. Does also Duff have a history like this or was that a one-off event for the Kini? Nay, the, the, let's say the Giovanni Michelotti was involved in the, especially the, the passengers' cars line from Duff. So he made more models of DAF, uh, for instance, the DAF 44, the DAF 55th, well, uh, also the, 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 the second line of the Daffodils at that time, early 60s, uh, was by hand by, by Michelotti, were designed by Michelotti. Also the interior, the, 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 the dashboard and all this kind of thing. So Michelotti was uh, very close to DAF uh, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And we have still, I've still contact uh, with his son, Edgardo Michelotti, because from October uh, this year, we start a special Michelotti exhibition. And why is that? Because in October, it's 100 years ago that Giovanni Michelotti was born. So it's the 100th birthday of Giovanni Michelotti. So we have a lot of close contact with his son uh, to build up this exhibition. Do I hear you say that doves are Italian design? <laughs> they are, let's say, they are uh, uh, special uh, design, Italian design. It's correct, it's correct, yeah, they, to be honest. Yes, but not they, the first dove, not the Dove 600. That was, uh, let's say, designed by Dutchman. But the, later on, it was from Michelotti. I can imagine that also in the professional market, the Dove trucks design is key. The, the, the comfort, the efficient use of the small space that you have available, the aerodynamics. 
that must not be something where only an engineer is sitting behind a desk to, to think about aerodynamics and that's it. No, Duff introduced, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, a new line of trucks, the XF, the XG, the, the biggest one, the big for international transport. And it is fantastic. When you drive a truck, a modern truck, it is fantastic. It's really, I, I'm not complaining about my car, but uh, the Duff, the bigger truck Duff for international transport, it, it's amazing. Everything is going automatic. It's electronic, it is safe, it is incredible. It's no, no noise, it is fantastic. And it's uh, it's also, uh, let's say, the new engines, the diesel engines are well, fantastic, fantastic, really. It's uh, And also the design, the new design is, uh, well, it's uh, special, but then you should have a look at Duff. There's an apartment of designs. My God, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Talking about the technology of the past and the innovation opportunities that it gives for tomorrow. Our guest is Geert Vermeer. We are talking about the Duff Museum, the history of Duff. Going back into the history of the region in terms of its automobile history. Our guest tonight is Geert Vermeer. My co-host is Stephen Arianto. We were just discussing whether we could as well have a ride on that Dafkini. We were talking about the design as well. And, and Stephen, you just told us there were many new things also in the design, partly because of the color. But we had blue cars already for a long time. Yeah, What? well, Kier was just saying that it's actually a very special blue, isn't it, Kier? It is it's very special because you should have seen the, 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 the paint. It's a special way of painting this color, especially when you look to it and in the 60s of that, that time. It's very unique. And that is, uh, that I, I must say for Michelotti, because he designed it, but he also built the car. And he did, did, uh, did it by himself in his studio. Well, it's uh, unique. It's only one uh, one piece. It's the only unique car, but especially also the color and the, the paint they used. Do you, do you think if the if the Duff Kinney would have been mass produced, uh, would it be an, a, a popular car back in the days? Uh, well, yes, yes, I think. Well, he he built a lot of uh, well, he built more let's say beach cars like the Kinney. Well, they are not similar, but uh, they were all uh, reasonably successful. Yes, he did it on based on the the Fiat at that time. Uh, for instance, and we have another one in the museum. It's also based on Duff, and it was owned at that time by Jackie Kennedy, Jacqueline Onassis, because right. it was used in Monaco. And uh, we also had that car. It's not the same as the Duff Kini, but it looks a little bit like the Duff Kini. And it's also in the museum. Also from Michelotti. Uh, can can we get a 3D model design for a 3D printer or so? Or is that uh, yes, not I a... Know. Today it's all everything is possible because we have also 3D 3D in the museum. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, I was trying or, to. S Stephen, go ahead. Or a souvenir. I mean, I would definitely buy a Duff Kinney souvenir at the Duff Museum, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. We, we are talking about potential business models. We just heard you say here <laughs> that it is not a business model to take uh, taxi rides or Uber uh, with the Duff Kinney. Um, but I can imagine that uh, having been closed for quite a while, you are looking for other ways of running the museum uh, uh, besides the 60,000 visitors, it is also a place where you host conferences and uh, at the same time people can take a tour? Yes, yes, Jean-Paul. Uh, before closing at, uh, for COVID-19, we were reasonable uh, busy. We have more than 150 meetings per year, uh, business meetings, but that can be small auto clubs, 25 people but also big congresses or seminars from maybe 300 or 350 people. And it's possible to have it with a lunch or a dinner or mm -hmm. a tour or whatever, because we have a lot of possibilities. We have in our uh, museum, we have a, a small, uh, let's say, uh, a, a village square uh, from, from, let's say, the, the, the early century. And we have a boardroom, we have a theater, 
so a lot of possibilities and it's uh, it was very successful the last years and a lot of uh, business meetings we had they're very successful and it's also nice because you can have a business meeting but when there is a break and you have a lot of things to see in the museum now, uh, i can imagine that uh, that's very attractive for people who like old cars who are working with that themselves but i can also imagine that you have fresh students studying artificial intelligence and autonomous driving and uh, i can imagine that that they would also like to understand what is the history of this region in the automobile industry how would you start the story about why duff was important uh, other than it started not in a garage like the americans would love but it started in a brewery that's even a more interesting story but i can imagine that the the the, the innovation is is part of that story the entrepreneurship especially let's say the technical innovation and the, we have already discussed the, the passenger car which is automatic transmission but also the trucks it was built to order so it was always possible to uh, to uh, produce cars like the customer wants to have it so built to order that's our unique things at that time at that time but what we are doing now is we also do uh, education and uh, education, uh, we do it on two ways. First for the, let's say, the small kids, like till 10 years old, we give safety uh, lessons, how to be safe on the road. And that's nice, we can build uh, a square in the, in the museum and uh, to build, to look to trucks, etc. how dangerous they could be, etc. So that's one thing, but also we do it for the older people, but the boys from 13, 14, 15 years who wants to be in the future technician. And we have, uh, we call that a trucknasium. And we have a special facility in the museum with uh, five different modules, technical models, and they will uh, get lessons uh, about technics, about new innovation, but also about history, about the importance of transport, uh, national, uh, but also international, how to build a truck, what's the difference between a truck which is also only driving in Eindhoven region and a truck who wants to go to Turkey. So mm -hmm. that's a big difference. And uh, we do that, uh, let's say, with uh, 40 uh, schools in the big region. Uh, and uh, we have then 20, 25 classes per month so it's very very well not at this time because holiday time now but in september it starts again and that's very interesting and what may be most appealing for these youngsters is really an engine that works whereas a lot of the current technology that has been very evident with the chips shortages is just about electronics it's it's all autonomous you may think of it's it's very comfortable in this car but you could also say well everything is automatic so i could as well be a passenger in a train um i, I think that 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 image of going to work in the automobile industry may be changing quite a bit are we doing that in the right way in the brainport region where we well, put our emphasis yeah. well it it's changing yes of course it's changing and it's necessary because, well, you, it's, it's a developing and, and, and it's interesting. But uh, we at the museum, we still have people, volunteers, who want, who knows how it is to build a car from the 30s or the 40s from the last century. Well, that's completely different, but it's also interesting. For a museum, it's very important. But when you look to the future, well, it's not comparable. It's completely different, completely new. But it is fantastic what's happening because I'm not a technician. I'm not a technician. I'm a, I'm a, a let's say, a, a businessman, a marketing man, communication man, but, and or internal organization people and etc. But a techni technical, I'm so surprised. I'm impressed about what's happening today in the automobile, uh, let's say, development. Also the electric cars. Look to Lightyear. We've talked about Lightyear. I've seen it at King's Day because it was, back to the, the let's say we're driving also uh, together with the Daftini. So mm -hmm. I've seen the light year. When you look at five, ten years time, light year, well, 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 that's fantastic. That's still, I'm so proud that we can do that in Holland. Let's say in Holland, in our region, 
It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and to what extent has DAF been very essential to that? Could we have the automotive activities by NXP as we have it right now without having DAF in the region? Could we have the ideas of Lightyear if we also did not have the enthusiasm of people working with automobiles? I think it, 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 it may influence the, the interests of people in the region and, and the ideas that come up to, to start new, new companies. Or is that a different approach and we may as well just buy the engines as people used to do in the past? No, no, no. I think that, well, the... the, 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 the The Brainport region, it's well, it's it, it's something that's happening there. When you look to Helmond, Eindhoven, Veldhoven, uh, uh, etc., it's uh, it's fantastic what's happening there, and it has to do with history. It has to do with Duff. It has to do with Philips. It has to do with well, ASML is everything. It's uh, it was born there, and it will stay there. I'm sure. It has to do with the history. I'm sure about that. I'm sure. Going back into history, the things that we learn from history about the entrepreneurship, about how to innovate. Um, we only have been talking about the Duff Kini, but there were many more cars involved in that King's Day event. So let's take the opportunity to take a few more examples of what has been shown in uh, in the past and what were um, interesting products that have been made Over the years. Yes, well, in the, the King's Day, which we have the exhibition now, was also involved the first production of the passenger car, the first, the DAF 600, that was the, oh, the first car, and it has also the chassis number 001, <laughs> so it's really number one, was driving on King's Day, uh, but also the, the first uh, trailer with an engine, <laughs> no cabin. It was mm -hmm. also driving on King's Day, and thank God it was not raining. <laughs> so it was uh, it also was raining. It's also in the museum now. And we had also the trailer bus was also on King's Day on the road. So it was a special uh, caravan of, uh, of cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it was not good enough on television, but it was there. It was there, and they were driving. And it was a pleasure to be there. And now we have them all together in the in the museum. And uh, also there was one car, a Daffodil, because that was the name at that time from the small passenger car, from 1964. And that was a relation with our king because our king was also a member of the International Olympic Committee at that time. And in 1964, well, he was not born yet, but there was a, the Olympics were in Japan. This year, the Olympics are also in Japan. And this small daffodil in 1964 was a team coach car of the cycling team, the Dutch cycling team in Japan with the Olympics. So that car was also driving on King's Day. So there was a relationship with the king because he was Olympic committee member And the daffodil was in Japan Olympics. This year is also the Olympics in Japan. So, And this car is still there, and it's in a museum from 1964, the team coach car of the cycling team in, uh, at that time. So, going back a lot to, of things. Yeah, going back to the 60s, I think that must have been an interesting period of time. You mentioned that the first yeah. cars were um, made to order. It is, I guess, also a period that the production levels had to go up. Um, I was my, myself born in, in uh, Zuid-Limburg, in the southern part of the Netherlands, where at exactly that time the coal mining was closed. And then a large production facility was placed exactly there to compensate for the job losses. Um, I can imagine that the, the experience of how to build cars must have been important. We hear the same story from Philips, eh, that the, the uh, fabrikage technieken the ways to manufacture have been pretty important for the company. Duff started with everything handmade, but must have gone through a revolution of automation and, and may still be going through that with Industry 4.0, where everything is still made to order, but in the modern ways. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you say the, the, the 60s were very, very, very important, especially also in the passenger car line. At that time, in the south of Limburg, uh, born, The, the city of Bourne was a new factory and it was opened in 68. 
1968 by the uh, grandmother of uh, our king. And uh, that was uh, uh, the new line for passenger cars. But can you imagine that Huub van Doorne, the owner and founder of the company, started in 1928. He was born in 1900. So in 1968, he was 68. About entrepreneurship. When you are 68 and you start a new factory in Born, with all the investment, my God, it's incredible. At that time, hundreds of millions. Of course, also the state was involved because of the mine, coal mine problem. I know, I know. But mm -hmm. still, uh, to start there, well, it's incredible. So this entrepreneurship was the, during the whole line of Duff was there. And he was involved. He was personally involved, Huub van Doorne, about everything that was happening. It's incredible. Also in 1968, to start a factory in Boring. But it was not, successful. not just a normal factory, because I still remember as a school kid, in these days, going to Bonn on an open day and seeing a production line for the first time. Yes. Which yes. is a very different way of manufacturing. And, and all the families in, in, in the villages were talking about what happened in that factory. That must have been a revolution for uh, a company. And then suddenly a big factory with big it risks. Was a big factory the... and, a, and a big risk because you say the, 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 the three, four hundred cars per day producing out of the factory, not sold at that time. They must, that's how it was a completely new type of business. So it was, uh, was uh, well, it was very impressive at that time. A completely new production line at the 60s was uh, really, uh, yes. In Holland, it was not done at that time. It was completely new. And it must also have been a bit of a gamble to foresee whether or not the grand public would all start to drive a car because Halen yes. used to be the richest uh, city in the Netherlands before the mines were closed. And that rapidly declined, that, that completely plummeted after the closure of the mines. Um, although other regions in the Netherlands may have thrived much better. But, but it must have been a time where it was not evident that everyone would drive a car. Exactly. And it was not easy. It was not easy to, to, uh, to, to start. And it was not easy to develop. And, 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 and especially because in this time and the, the years 1968 with 1970, 1975, also by that was a question, is it still possible to invest in trucks and to invest in the same time in the development of the passenger car? Because, you know, a new passenger car is cost hundreds of millions of euros and at that time of guilders. So, but it, is it still possible? So they have made the choice in the 70s uh, to, to, uh, to, to choose for trucks in the future and not for passenger cars. And they sold the, the passenger car line to Volvo in the mid 70s. So, but it was a very, very big decision. And I know the son of Hupfroep van Doorne, Martin, Martin van Doorne. I know him personally, he's, well, he's passed away now. But that he must tell his father, Luc van Doorne, he was 74, 75 at that time, years old. He must told his father, look here, we are going to sell the passenger's car division. Well, I can tell you that was not an easy decision. It was quite a step, but they make the right choice and they start to invest more in trucks. But it was a very, very interesting and I think for them a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. Interesting stories. Geert Vermeer is our guest from the Duff Museum. Stephen. I have to ask, Geert, uh, the painting behind you, is that a Duff car? <laughs> no, it's not a Duff car. <laughs> oh. I, that was a... <laughs> no, that was... No, that's a Toyota. Okay, there you it's go. It's <laughs> a Toyota M MR2 at that time in uh, 2002, I think. It's more than 20 years. Uh, this is 20 years old, almost, yeah. Because uh, there was a present uh, for, uh, for me at that time when I say goodbye, because I've worked for Toyota and for Mitsubishi in the past. <laughs> Are these companies very different from Duff? Sorry? Are these companies very different in the way they approach yes. the market, in the way they work with yes. their employees? Well, there's a, there's a culture difference. 
because DAF has to do with American people now, with Pakar. Toyota is Japan. Mitsubishi is Japan. And Mitsubishi, I can tell you, it's a very big company because it has also ship, ships building and banks and everything. So, But it's a Japanese way of business. It's different. You never talk to one guy. <laughs> you always talk with, with a team, for instance. And, and, and Pakar, well, Pakar, of course, is not a producer, but Pakar is a company behind DAF and it's financially involved. But still, I, uh, everybody knows that American people are different from uh, Japanese people. Well, that's and we, Dutch people are different. Now that we are talking about different cultures, uh, many people applaud the way that we work in the Brainpot region, the way we work together, the, the, the culture in the company. Is that also one of the success factors of Duff? Yes, I can. What I can, what I really appreciate uh, is that the um, American people and American owner, because it's still a family uh, company in Pakar in the United States, is also a family company. They understand and that Duff was is managed by Dutch people, and they let it do. So they are not involved in the daily business. And I think that's a good thing because it's a Dutch management. The, the president, the director of DAF is Harry Walters. And he's a guy, he's 20 years by DAF and he's really a Dutch guy. And uh, the whole board are Dutch people. And uh, and, and that's the, that's the, that has to do with the culture. I can tell you the culture of DAF, I have a good example. I'm involved with a museum, for instance, with press. I want to have a lot of stories in the press about the museum. I was with my passenger car, a DAF passenger car from the museum, and the the photo, the, the journalists want to have a photograph of the DAF passenger car by the production line of the trucks at this moment by DAF. But look here, try it, go to BMW, go to Renault or Peugeot in France and ask them if we can come this afternoon to the factory to make a photograph of an old car together with a new car at the production line. Now, I can tell you that's not possible. Yeah, all the communication strategists will, of course, uh, intervene yeah. with that. Geert Vermeer, we're running into the final seconds before the nine o'clock news. Thank you very much for being on Radio for Brainport. And thank you very much for letting us know what is all happening in the Duff Museum. And also special thanks to Stephen Arianto, my co-host tonight. Have a good evening. <laughs>